start. Sooners of Oklahoma, 12-0, and still looking for respect nationwide. What's going on, good people? It's your boy, D-Mac. I'm excited. I'm really excited because 10 Thoughts is coming back to you. Texas Week video content in the flesh uh, for all of you guys wondering what I'm thinking about going into the next game. I'm going to discuss some of what happened last Saturday against Iowa State, what's going on with the team, and what we can expect. But I'm also going to switch it up a little bit and talk about some of the things I'm thinking about as we go into the next game. And, of course, we know it's, it's hell week. It's Texas week, and we got to kick that ass. But uh, in order to get this off on a good start, guys, I want to I wanna say, hey, you know, I've said all along, we'll know how this Sooner team is the third Monday in October. And uh, this Saturday, we've got our uh, we've got our annual game in Dallas, Texas, which, by the way, that's where I am right now. And I look forward to us. Playing physical, playing hard, playing aggressive sooner football. And I'm going to be honest with you. I totally think we can win. I totally do. We, we did what we were supposed to do. We beat the the, the, the sisters of the poor, our, our Arkansas State University handkerchief high A&T. We beat SMU. We, we took care of business with Cincinnati. We took care of business with Iowa State. And, and now we're headed for that big game. And so <clears throat> let's go through some different things we're thinking about and let's get on to the OU Texas week. The first thing I'm thinking about, guys, 10 thoughts. Star of the game Saturday was Dylan. And you guys know if you followed any of my content, if you're on 360, if you listen to the Barry and Mac show, I've been pretty critical of Dylan. I think his ceiling is a high B. And I think at a school like Oklahoma, at a position like quarterback, it's hard to be a championship caliber team if your quarterback's ceiling's an 84%. You ask yourself, can a student who averages 84% get into Harvard? Do those kids go to Stanford? then those quarterbacks shouldn't go to OU. Well, I said I.D. Crow because he's ascending. His ceiling is going up. I think his po potential is, has begun to increase. And I, I still don't think he's – I, I don't think we're winning a national championship with Dylan, and that's just my honest opinion. And if he hears it or his mama hears it or if Coach V hears it, I'm just – addressing my my opinion um, but I love for him to prove me wrong and I love the direction he's going and here's the other thing quarterback at Oklahoma is is a special position to be in and there's this thing about lore right J-Dub never lost to Texas right Nate Hibble never lost to Texas right I don't think Bake ever lost to Texas right so like there's a thing that goes with being the quarterback at OU and that OU Texas weekend. This is a phenomenal opportunity for Dylan to, to create his lore, to distance himself from being regular or mid and show us that he's capable of being the championship quarterback we can be. Because, guys, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's a great quarterback, but I also am a big fan of a school like OU winning ships. And I want to see us put ourselves in the best, best position to do that. And I believe Dylan's the best option on Saturday. I firmly do. I believe uh, the other kid has a higher ceiling. And had they integrated him into the game plan more early in the season, who knows? They haven't. I'm rocking with who we rocking with. And uh, I'm excited to see that happen. Guys, Dylan won with his mind. 
crisp on his throws. He had great velocity for his arm strength. He was hitting his spots. The receivers could catch the ball and do something with it. I was extremely excited about that. Dylan won with his arm. Again, he's putting the ball in the right places, right? The scheme, you can tell Levy's getting more comfortable with what Dylan's doing in the passing game, and that makes me excited. Dylan also did some things with his feet. And, and I've been saying, like, man, the kid's a decent athlete. Use him in that regard. But I'm not just talking about that stupid QB counter, QB lead thing that scares me when to get guys hurt. He actually was being aggressive with the ball on the edges, some RPO concepts, and he ran over a linebacker en route to the end zone. Proud of our quarterback. Makes me feel good to see the kids stepping up. I expect him to play well Saturday. A lot is going to be riding on him in that game. Uh, number two thing, right? We, we go all the way to the top, right? I think Dylan was probably the best player for Oklahoma on Saturday, if not one of the very best players. Let's go to the position group that leaves a lot to be desired, guys, and that's the running backs. Um, we got to get better. We've got to get better. Yeah, the scheme isn't perfect. Yes, our O-line isn't moving everybody on defense 10, 12, 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. But, guys, every Saturday I watch games. By the way, it could be Nickel State. It, it, it could be South Carolina A&T, guys. I'm, I'm talking about we're watching, you know, Power 5, Group of 5, junior college, uh, high school football. I see running backs at every level make a man miss, get small, run him over, get physical, a stiff arm, give him a jab step, right? Give him a nice cut, and, and, and they go make big plays. I haven't seen our running backs do it consistent enough, guys. The best running back on the team is Tawi. And for us to continue to act like that isn't the case is it's a detriment to our team because he's also the guy who's the most likely to move the chains. Now, I still don't think we've seen a 100% healthy Chuck. And so I'm interested to see if Sawchuck can continue to get closer to healthy. But, I mean, if he ain't healthy, he can't help us. The most important ability is availability. And I hope on Saturday we give Tawi the lion's share of the carries because we're going to need somebody who might need to break a tackle, run through a tackler, be physical, get low, and keep his balance and move the chains. Guys, running back's a whole home position for us. And at a university like ours, we need to have a, the next Joe Mixon, the, the next P. Ryan. We need to have the next Kennedy Brooks, right? The next Quentin Griffin, the next Adrian Peterson. All right. And so we have a lot to be desired at this point in time. Looking forward for the five-star to come in. And I like the pups. Hicks and Smothers are two guys that I think have given a chance could do well. It's too late in the season even to talk about that right now. Uh, we're just going to need our running backs to play the best. Majors, we need you to be uh, a little more physical and have better balance. Your balance is always offline. Barnes, man, your vision is problematic as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Sawchuck, we need you to get healthy and show us more than running back we experienced last January against Florida State. Um, the offensive line, you know, um, I was ready to lambast that community and say, hey, man, you guys just got to improve. But, guys, I watched the film and it wasn't as bad as you think. I got to be honest with you. Guys are still moving people. Obviously, in pass pro, they're solid. We have a really good um we have really good technique when it comes to pass protection, staying in front of our guys, moving our feet, keeping our backs cocked and staying and staying upright so they can't beat us. And, and Dylan obviously has time to throw. 
That said, guys, we've got a senior laden team. We've got a ton of starts under their belt. I mean, Rame's been in the program three years. Rouse has uh, <clears throat> been he's been playing. I think he's a senior, right? Guidance again, second year, getting more consistent reps. He's a guy who we think has an NFL ceiling, a first round grade ceiling. I don't think he's showing that on film yet. Uh, Matuire's been been around forever. Matuire looks like a guy that played with me in two thousand and one, right? Like, dude, right? But yet and still, there are too many times, too many opportunities where we're whiffing. We're missing bad technique, guys crossing our face. I think they're a solid C plus right now. We really need them to bring their A game on Saturday. We really need them to be dialed in, especially if our running backs aren't complimenting them by making something wrong right, right? Our running backs aren't doing that right now. We need our linemen to be right. We need them to be physical. We need them to be road graders on top of being the dancing bears that they've been being in the past game. Uh, the tight ends are whole hum guys, and in a couple of words, I'd say they're mid. They're mid. They're middle of the road, right? You know, they're close to the median. And again, at a school like OU, um, I get a lot of love and respect to Stockner for coming back after dealing with injury and the coaching chain saying, hey, I want to be a part of a real, right, uh, a culture shift with a real coach who knows how to build a real program. It's just unfortunate that he's, you know, damaged goods at this point and just isn't close to the ceiling we saw when he was a younger player. I like the Smith kid. Um, again, I think he's an, an ancillary guy, a complimentary guy. When you have a stud tight end and then you've got a road grader and you've got him kind of being a jack of all trades, who's a sniffer off the line of scrimmage, he's running the wham block, right? He's doing some action stuff in the flats. Uh, but if he's your 30 to 40 snaps per game, per game guy at a school like Oklahoma, Right, we've got to aspire to be, that would be like me being the feature one when I played. God, I knew I was a number three guy, but guess what? I was gonna catch the ball, I was gonna work hard, and I was tough as nails. I was never Andre Wolfolk, I was never Mark Clayton, right? Um, but I knew my role and I knew how to play that position well. That doesn't mean I couldn't have done it if they asked me to. Nah, I kid. Um, and then last but not least, guys, wide receivers. What can you say? Best group on the team. I'd, I'd, I'd ask anybody to argue against it. By far and away, the most consistent, the most athletic, the most, uh, they have made the most dynamic plays. These guys are catching the ball in traffic. They have length, right? There's a variety of them, guys, and we have depth. Um, I love seeing um, Anderson and Gibson step up. These are two individuals who are saying and making a claim for being upperclassmen that you gotta deal with. Guys who can play on Sunday, individuals who can go for all conference awards and a quarterback security blanket. Right? When we do a ton of that three by one and we've got one on the backside, guys, go back and watch the film. There are a ton of 10 on 10 on two thirds of the field and one on one from hash mark to the sidelines or the middle of the hash to the sidelines, split between the hash and the numbers. I mean, you're talking about a good 12 to 15 yards where our guys on the backside of three by one are in ability to go kick some ass. And I gotta tell you, they kick some ass. And it's good to see it. I love to see them play with aggression. I love to see them play with confidence. Salute for Gibson catching the ball in about the 10. Nice thrown ball by, by Dylan. Catches it, but he's not satisfied just catching the football. He's going to go make a play. Going to go make a play, right? And of course, he gets in the end zone. Uh, those plays make all the difference in the world. Those are the plays you need against Iowa State to give you the confidence to do it against Texas. Otherwise, you catch that ball and you fall straight down and we might end up with a field goal. We might end up with a botch snap, right? He took care of business, got us where we need to be. 10 freaking dots. Next thing I wanna talk about is the D-line. 
It's interesting. Right, much maligned group early in the year. It was a group where I was pissed off and felt like they were underperforming. First couple games of the season, I felt like we should have been more dynamic, more sacks, more pressure, more. Just give me more. And it feels like they're starting to uh, get a little bit more comfortable. Guys are getting home, but more consistently, the D line is getting pressure. I really like seeing a multitude of guys a step away, their hands on the quarterback, right? The pocket shrinking, moving the quarterback off the spot where he has to reset and has to maybe look away from his reach for a second and then try to get his bearings back together. Makes all the difference in the world. And to see the defensive line, and I'm talking about like by committee, right? You gotta show Bothworth some love. You gotta show Coe and Terry some love on the inside. Layla is doing his thing. I really like seeing it. How about Grayson Halton and Lacey? Both of those guys are, right, one's a pup and one's a transfer, and they're coming in and making a name. PJ, I believe, led the D-line in, in, in snaps last night. Excuse me, last weekend, which is phenomenal. Of course, he got himself a sack. Um, Ford, come on, Ford. You must have forgot you was a Sooner and, 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 was, and was stuck on being a, a cowboy last week because you had a touchdown. And, of course, you got a little over-anxious and you, you know, fumbled the ball through the end zone. You, didn't, you don't want to score, bro. You don't want to score? You know, you should want to score. But the D-line is one that I feel like, uh, again, not championship caliber depth just yet. But a lot of guys playing solid football. And the beauty is they complement a group of backers that I think are very solid. Um, but with that said, guys, I, and, and if you go back and watch the film, I think you'll agree. If you go and look at the stats, I think you'll agree. It's probably uh, the worst performance by the linebacker group, relatively speaking, in terms of the 2023 season. There's good news, though. If that same performance was last year, it'd probably be one of the very best. Like, our guys have been playing so well. Stutz has been so close to an all-conference, uh, uh, um, you know, on the cusp of an all-American type player that just him having a couple of misses. And by the way, he got, he got, he got manhandled one time. They pancaked him. And no, but it happens. Guys, I've seen it happen to, I've seen it happen to Ray Lewis. Okay. Um, but relatively speaking, uh, missed a couple of gaps. Obviously, there was a point in the second quarter where we were getting outflanked. I think that's more of a schematic issue than it was like a physicality and or talent issue. When our outside man, uh, clearly not the contained defender, but if our outside man on the line of scrimmage is inside their tight end and they're running stuff off tackle, which is a very simple block to kick him or to block down on him, and then it's a very easy reach for those backside tackles and sniffers and guards, whoever pulling, uh, to get to the second level because there's no edge defender on the line of scrimmage. And so they got us with that a couple of times. Here's the thing about BV versus Link. We cleaned it up, baby. We cleaned it up. They ran that deal at the end of the second half and end of the second quarter, and Pearson blew that shit up. They, they tried to run it once or twice in the second half, and we had made an adjustment, and we had an outside defender outside their most outside person, and they didn't get any uh, consistent uh, run out of it. So from a linebacker perspective, uh, my concern, my number one concern, it's Canik. He's clearly BV's project, obviously a dynamic and, and, and uber-talented individual, but he's still lost. I fear Texas is going to run some delay uh, draw stuff, stuff where he's trying to read what's going on and, and linemen are getting on him. I, I, I fear that they're going to run some levels and some overs and unders, and they're going to have everything going one way, and somebody's going to peek out and go the back way, and he's not going to feel it or sense it.
Um, but you know, he um, coach believes in him, and and damn it, he's getting the lion's share of the snaps. I expect him to go play well on Saturday. The end. All right, some of the pups are coming up. I saw Lewis Carter. I don't know if you guys saw, guys. If you go watch the fourth quarter, Lewis Carter takes on a block like you're supposed to. Reminding me of like Curtis Lofton or, or 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 Lance Mitchell or Torrance Marshall. I mean, he goes right through the blocker, meets him, and, and cancels the gap, and then almost gets him to play. Like that's something that we haven't seen our backers do. Even K Nine wasn't that player. K Nine was a guy who could out athlete you. He'd beat you to the spot. He was physical when he needed to be, but he wasn't running through people kicking ass. And you got a true freshman. Of course, they say the rumor is he benches 275, 11 to 13 times. That's crazy for an 18-year-old kid. Uh, you can see the physicality on the field on Saturday. I'm going to separate the corners and the safeties on this game. Our safeties made the game closer than it needed to be. And and I, I'm going to say something, and some of you guys may not agree, but I blame Billy Bowman on those two long touchdowns. Let me explain. First possession on defense, they run and the quarterback has to go out and scramble and he throws the ball in the air and what happens? Billy Bowman steps in front of it. Not only does he settle for getting an interception, he's trying to go back and score a touchdown. Not only does he try to score a touchdown, he sets up his blocks. He cuts across the field. He races across the end zone. He scores. If you guys remember last week, who got picks? You know who got picks last week? Key Lawrence and uh, Billy Bowman. I have a, a very high uh, sneaking suspicion that those two are in competition for who can make the most uh, game-changing plays, interceptions, right, forced fumbles. And after Billy got his interception, you watch. On the play they score, their first touchdown on like third and 12 or whatever it is, everyone's in perfect position. The scheme is perfect. The scheme is set up so that even if the, the young man catches the ball, Key Lawrence is there to, number one, either separate him from the ball or knock his block off. And I believe it's like fourth and two, fourth and three at that point. But my point is, if you watch, it's very simple to see. Key isn't playing the man. Key is playing the spot where the ball is going to be. And the only reason I assume, and I said I assume, that he would do that is because he's trying to make a big play. And yeah, it's selfish. And, and, you know, it's one of those games where you feel like we scored really quickly and then we got to pick six, right? And then they're in third and long. It just feels like one of those games where you're going to pile it on. I believe Key Lawrence is in a position where he says, oh, if I can make this play, I can help my team. And, of course, one up Billy Bowen. Um, Billy Bowman, excuse me. Clearly that doesn't happen. They make the play. And guess what? That's a double minus. Of course, two possessions later, here we are happening again. Go watch Billy on the play. Billy's tracking the ball. He's not tracking the man. And when you do that, opportunities for turnovers present themselves, but obviously opportunities for long touchdowns do as well because he, he vacated the area of the field that he was supposed to be uh, protecting. And when that happened on a, on a slant shot where the ball is thrown in front and the receiver can just turn the field, it turns into a, field, uh, a foot race. And so those two plays alone, I had Billy as my gorilla and as player of the night for like 16 minutes. And then, of course, when that play happens, I nullify it because you can't you can't go make us pick six and then you give up six. That's why I said Billy giveth and Billy take it away. Right. Safeties very average overall because of those two plays. But guys, number one, Peyton Bowen, best tackler in the secondary easily. I've never seen him miss a tackle. 
uh, very physical. By the way, he looks the part on the field. He doesn't look like he's a Cheerio away from being a varsity football player. He actually looks like a college player. All right. And then I'd say Reggie Pearson. He plays very strong in the hole. He's a strong hole defender. He's a guy who in that 8 to 18 yard radius can go make plays, uh, have a level of physicality, and there's a presence there. I think there's a calming feeling that when he's on the field, somebody's going to be there to have your back. Um, good game by those two, those two guys. Now a bunch of the puppies played at the end. Corners, though. Guys, the corners just flat out playing well. From Gentry looking like an NFL dude who's going to get drafted in the first round to Woody looking so comfortable in the boundary. Uh, again, a thick guy come up and hit you in the mouth however can turn and run as needed uh doby had a couple of plays where i wish he had just pulled the trigger instead of stopping and letting the quarterback outflank him when he was blitzing off the edge um vickers looks really good I i'm excited about vickers again another kid who just doesn't look like a jv plus varsity maybe in a i mean college football player he looks like a true blue player in college this year and I think they're, they're still gaining confidence. I really do. Connie Walker should be back this week. Um, uh, <laughs> we saw Jacoby Johnson get a little run. We saw Wags get some run, showing a little bit of health, right? And, and of course, he trips over his shoelaces. I, I told somebody, I said, man, I can't get out some Trey Franks shoes, right? Like, don't put on the Trey Franks, because if you put on the Trey Franks, you're going to trip over your own feet and not be available to make a play. Last but not least, guys, it's all you week. It's a special time. It's always special to be an Oklahoma fan sooner this time of year because we have the most special atmosphere in college football. I don't care what anyone says. Um, Michigan versus Ohio State, Notre Dame versus, I don't know, USC or whatever, you know, some of the teams they consistently play, uh, color, uh, not Colorado, Florida versus Georgia, Bama versus Auburn. All those games are awesome. But there's nothing like a stadium split half and half. There's nothing like uh, orange versus, you know, puke, excuse me, puke orange versus crimson. There's just nothing like the history of two generally top 10, sometimes top five programs playing for everything in October in the middle of the state fair in Texas. You just can't duplicate it. You can't replicate it. And uh, I look forward to, to the direction of the team. I think I think without, you know, uh, a season's worth of data today, anyone with their eyes open can see that this is a team headed in the right direction from recruiting to tackling to the wide receiver group to quarterback play. Right. I even think just overall defensively, the D line and the backers, plus the infusion of four and five star caliber players coming in, we're in a position in to do a big thing. And I think DMAC thinks, I firmly believe this, guys. We win this game, there's another level of confidence that we, we, we get to. We win this game. We go out there and earn it and whoop their ass between those white lines. I feel like there's a separate layer of confidence and belief and urgency that we can go get. We just got to earn it this week in practice. Today's a Tuesday practice. I know this is going to be a tough practice. They've got to go out there and dominate those periods in full pads, be aggressive, but also be safe. And tomorrow, do the same thing. 
I'm so excited to have my 10 thoughts back, man. I've been posting it on Sooners 360. I promise you guys from here on out that I'll also have it available here for all of you guys' consumption on the podcast, on Spotify, on Apple. I don't know if we're going to put this on YouTube, um, but I certainly appreciate you guys. This was probably one of my nicer 10 thoughts. I think as a team, we're heading in the right direction. I think our quarterback in a quarterback-driven league and community today, he's playing close to his potential. And uh, we're undefeated. Let's go beat Texas's ass. They always think they got something for us, but they don't know that we're the ones who have something for them. And uh, I expect you guys to be loud and proud. I want to hear from all the individuals who are expecting us to win. And continue to look out on Twitter, guys. I appreciate you guys for supporting everything that we do. You guys have been phenomenal. Um, have a good night. God bless. And we'll see you guys in Dallas.